0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched two films this week. We started off with Darren Aronofsky's The Whale, which I think might be the most politely divided we've ever been on a film. Major spoiler alert for that one. And then we also watched the Edgar Allan Poe starring, or the character of Edgar Allan Poe starring, The Pale Blue Eye with Christian Bale and Harry Melling. Major spoiler alert for that one as well. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion as there are a couple of quick follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? We are gonna start things off with the Whale and Matt, I want to start with you because you are our resident Aronofsky fan, and you seem to really have enjoyed this movie,
1: yeah, I love it. I mean you know it's no secret. I'm a, a bit of a fanboy. so sometimes with past films, especially his last two before this, I feel like being very, very polarizing more so than this even uh-huh. uh, being Mother and uh, Noah <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> which are not my favorite of his films by any means. but I've always uh, managed to kind of find, like, the things about them that I really like that resonate with me. And so some of my friends kind of are like, oh, okay, but yeah, you always love Aronofsky, so whatever. So I'm like, yeah, I know. But then, but this film, I argue for it. I'm like, this one, I really think this is a, a really, really good film. Yeah. Who can't see
0: my face because of the <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jackie, where do you fall on the spectrum? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was Real- Oh, my God.
2: I thought it was absolutely <sighs> incredible. Yeah. Okay, can you two explain to me? <laughs> I was literally like, Matt can even attest to this. I was genuinely crying for like an hour afterward.
0: I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I, it's the first film in a long time, if not ever, where I've been like, I really actively dislike the film, but I respect specific performances within it. Like, I get why everyone's like, oh, Brendan Fraser, Hong Chao needs to be, her praises need to be sung more. Samantha Morton, even, but I, could not stand Sadie Singh's character, and I just I really disliked the film itself.
1: <laughs> what well, What about the film was did you dislike so much? I guess we could start. We should start I there because <laughs> I really yeah. liked everything.
0: <laughs> I I feel like the the premise of it, honestly, and like the fat phobia and the homophobia, the way it was done to me, and maybe this is the source material and not necessarily Aronofsky, but you know, I it, just all about his like grotesqueness where. Yeah, he was a big guy but I I don't know there there was something about it that didn't sit right in terms of like how just awful the daughter was to him and how this is taking place in what 2016 2017 something along those lines and you know the way people 15, reacted 16, yeah. But either way, you know, the era of Zoom, and yes, it wasn't as prevalent there, but like people had been on virtual things and the way his class, like, takes photos of him with their camera phone at the computer. I was like, what the, f- what is this shit? Like, come on. Like, people don't, he's, he was not grotesque enough of a character. Like, he was clean, you know, like, yeah, he had some like eating issues and, and things like that. But he, the way people reacted to him, I felt was so over dramatized.
1: Mm. I felt like with the class thing, for me, he was so sickly looking at that point that I, I'm not saying I would be like, oh, take out my camera. Like, you know, that there were people that were mean. But
0: Do these people not know how to take a screenshot on their desktop,
2: first of all? Well, I
1: know. Well, the well, one maybe was like, do you kind of but, feel but,
2: like, I mean, and they might have been posting about this mystery professor that never shows his face or whatever, and they want to send the picture to the group chat that like, oh, God, this is what he really looks
1: like or whatever. I don't know. I didn't think. As to me, someone? it was it was kind of like living in filth. You know, like yeah. it was like there was like mold on the ceiling behind him and he had and then he, you know, he had his oxygen tank in and he looked sick. He looked sickly at that point. It was the day before he died. Like it was like he was a little bit more and he was like sweating and he was just kind of like, you know, it's just it was shocking to them. I think it was like, well, that's not what I expected. Yeah. You know why he's been hiding himself, I guess. And I think it it all kind of goes into the idea of the shame he felt about himself and that you're kind of. People are going to give you kind of what you're giving them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like he yeah. was kind of assuming that he was feeling this about himself. And so it was all more of a reflection on how he truly felt about himself. And he was ashamed of things he had done in his life and everything. And so the daughter was a reflection. Like, I thought her performance was great. I didn't like her character very much. Yeah, she was, I, she was doing what ass, was asked about. But, like, I, will, I yeah. will be
0: clear without that. Like, she was doing but whatever I, she was told to, directed
1: to do. Right. Know? But I liked that the ugliness that she was directing toward him was kind of reflective of the ugliness he kind of felt he deserved from her, you know, because he felt so guilty yeah. about having abandoned her, right? It felt very like that, like everyone was giving him what he was letting them give him. Do you know what I mean? I, like, it's, it's hard. Yeah, to
0: yeah. I just I just found, I think, towards the end of it, the selfishness of every single character in it unpalatable. Mm. In, In, you know, he's he's saving all this money for his daughter and i get that like he has blinders on about it whatever but then when hong Chao's character who has been taking care of him needs a new truck like that that i don't know why but that stood out to me as this breaking moment of just like he's an asshole like maybe not intentionally an asshole but he's an asshole sadie sings care as an asshole i mean samantha
2: morton's character i i well found... i think that's the beauty of it though that's and, and maybe point. that's just for me is just that like Literally, every person in the story makes mistakes and isn't a good, quote unquote, good person. Sure. Yeah. Right. Literally, all of them did things that I was like, fuck, you know, and it's just like, to me, that made it feel more real because, you know, you know, the things that we do to each other don't necessarily reflect how we feel about each other. Mm -hmm. It's more about like how we feel about ourselves. And that was the one good thing he was doing was saving all this money for her. Right. And so that was like his guiding light. He
1: he felt good about it. You know,
2: and so it was literally the only thing that he had pride and was proud of in the last, you know, whatever years. That's where that comes from. Right. And she watched her brother starve himself to death. And so she still feeds the man who's literally killing himself by eating too much. Yeah. You know, and it's like. She's there for him in a lot of ways that most people wouldn't be. And she's, you know, and so it's like every single person is ridiculously complicated. And I loved it. And like, like Sadie's character, yeah, she's a shithead, right? Like no one can ignore that. But she had soft moments where you knew that she remembered a father that loved her at some point, right? Yeah. And and like the pain of that and and stuff. And I don't know, did he deserve? He didn't deserve more, I, you know. And it's like I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, and think, I think she always remembered
1: all of it. Yeah. She was just acting out of out of anger. And I think that the whole thing, yeah, the whole point of everything, angry. was just that for every single character, including the, the missionary kid, who I thought was the weakest part of the whole thing.
0: But <laughs> so, I I, mean, think no, that, I was like, where did this come from? <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, you know, I thought the weakest story point, but also the weakest actor in it too. Like, he was fine, but everyone else I thought was so good that he was it kind of got <laughs> steamrolled a little that way. But I felt that. It was just supposed to be like this exploration of just like different ways of processing grief. And some of the grief is 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 brought on by oneself. Some of it is not. But everyone's just processing it in a different way. And we're getting this like look at all of it. And I like so much that our main character, who I was sobbing for, Brendan Fraser, you know, Charlie here. Charlie, right? Yeah, Charlie was not some just like angel person like like, you know we said he had flaws he made mistakes he did things he regretted he did things totally wrong in a lot of ways and then he did things right in some ways but you know he was a victim of you know his condition I guess or his addiction but he was not just a victim in life altogether like he also made his own bed in a lot of ways and I appreciated that because that's just reality that's real
0: we're gonna take a quick break and be right back And we're back. Yeah, I I think one of the things, and I will acknowledge a a liberal bubble bias here, and I know this film tried to sort of set up that it's taking place probably in, like, I don't even want to say his name, country, you know, at a certain time and place, but the, you know, his ex-wife not being willing to forgive, nobody being willing to forgive him for discovering that he's gay, I found hard to uh, accept as a motivation. And again, I'm acknowledging that, like, I just am lucky enough to come from places where that's, like, not as much an issue if somebody's like suddenly like oh i'm you know we're, we're not i want to divorce you because i i'm in love with a man people would be like how dare you know i mean maybe they would but um to hold that grudge and to to have that again i i just felt like there were just so many homophobic and like fat phobic undertones to it that i could not connect to this film that's
1: interesting yeah i wasn't picking up on those like for me like i samantha morton yeah like i felt she was the betrayal of it all and so she's holding on to that but then you know she talks about she showed this act of kindness to the man you know like when she saw him it was like she wasn't actually like oh I don't I didn't get this like I hate gay people thing from her as much as like I'm so upset and then I was embarrassed that like I married someone who who wasn't even straight or in a time where some people think people can be turned right it's like yeah it it it's she's, she's being selfish about how she looks at the embarrassment of it, but it was something mm-hmm. where he broke her heart. Like she was in love with him. I think. You know, it was like, yeah, and then I felt just, the daughter, just, I don't, and I don't she, think she really cared ruined, at all. It he ruined,
2: just, ruined yeah, the whole yeah. future of her life. I didn't think, yeah, I didn't think the gay part of it was the main crux of her problem with him. What I thought the saddest part about those scenes were, was just that like, he was desperately ashamed of the fact that he had gained so much weight and that he had And that he had spiraled out of control with his eating disorder. And she had, you know, all of this shame in the fact that she thought that the daughter wasn't good. Right. And that she was raising and, you know, a bad kid and that they literally didn't communicate because of the, you know, their own personal shames that Mm -hmm. they wouldn't share with each other, you know, and so that they both couldn't lean on each other and ended up, you know, completely separate. That's, yeah, you know, and I, y'all, I
0: don't. Know. Y'all are almost convincing me that it's a decent movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Listen, the, the thing that the thing that resonates with me the most, and why Aronofsky is like the, the director I look to the most modern day director that I just am obsessed with the most is he always always chooses stories that are about people who are very passionate people who let a passion, and sometimes it's a literal thing and it's not really a passion, but it's like a metaphor, obviously but let's just say passion turn into like a dangerous obsession to where it actually destroys Mm. their lives. And all the way from Requiem for a, you know, for a dream pie through the fountain through black swan, like uh, the wrestler, all these things, like it's, it's true in all of them. He put it into Noah, (laughs) you know, or they did (laughs) wrote it. But I'm just saying, it's like, that is like a theme he explores. And I, I, as a very passionate person, like I feel like I'm like, the like cautionary tales for me. And this one Mm -hmm. also hit very close to home in that way where I was like, God, I could become this someday. Like it felt scary, hmm. you know, because it was like it yeah, felt same. like it was just so real and true that I was like, "Oh God!" Like, like yeah, it was just I was like, I'm going to, but I could. I know. <laughs> you know. I mean,
2: yeah, that's the thing is, like, I, know, I, I don't actually believe I would ever let that happen to me, right? Of course, but at the same time, that, like, right? right? That's the thing is, most people don't ever look at their life and think, "Yeah, that's definitely how I'm ending up." Like, that's mm-hmm. the choice I'm going to make. But I think it just showed. How hard, you know, and I think you have to be a certain age at some point to like this movie too. I I think that youngins aren't going to understand it the same way. But I think that like life is so difficult that it sometimes it kind of feels like, yeah, I can understand how someone gives up and just decides to do what comforts them. You know, and like just in and and it was so sad. It was such a terrible end and it's never the way you want to be. And so that's what it struck a chord with me was like I can. I can feel the call of that sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. when life is particularly difficult and there's so much going on and there's just, it's just a never ending circus. Right. And, and yeah, sometimes it's great, but you know, it's a lot of ups and downs. And if you have a lot of downs in a row, I can understand how it feels easier just to, you know, do what he did. Right. Yeah. And that to me was just like, so sad and hard to watch and just like, I just hope you don't make those choices, you know, to end up in this place where everyone in your life is angry at you, you know, and you think you're better off dead.
0: Yes, I I just had trouble looking past some of the other things, but you were both framing this very eloquently. Like I will fully acknowledge that I'm, <laughs> I'm just like I don't think you're going to get me to like the movie, but I I, I can understand the themes that you all connected to in it. And and again, I will give credit where credit is due. Like I thought Brendan Fraser brought a warmth to this role that like was absolutely necessary to make it watchable because yeah, um, in the hands of someone else, I I think I also found myself a little bit frustrated and I, it's not something I can like speak to personally, but I know there's a lot of conversation around, you know, did we have to could we not have cast a fat actor or something like that and mm. and you know I think that also speaks to the way that it treats obesity and like it's such a grotesque thing that we don't have an actor who could probably like there is no actor who has that role because that's not the type of people we cast in things but I also think that like Brendan Fraser's acting chops were shining through here so I understand why you pick sure. him. but you know it's it's just there there was just like a lot of things that were distracting for me in it
1: yeah well and I think also that, that's absolutely true. But that at the same time, too, I think there's also an element of you could have gotten someone who was already naturally a lot heavier than Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. is. But to get someone mm-hmm. in this condition, I don't think you would find someone who's like as high functioning of an actor out there running around doing stuff that is actually in this condition. So mm-hmm. someone still would have had to have been in some sort of a fat suit, as they call it, or or, you know given some treatment or whatever, but yes, it, like, yeah prosthetics yeah but I but I do yeah I, I do think that there, there's something to be said about that I that all of that stuff aside I was so impressed with the with him in the way that like I never ever would have cast him in this like I never would have thought like I mean I like Brendan Fraser as much as the next person I you know I love the mummy and I love you know all the, all the things that he got I do but it's just like I no, no, never no, yeah, would yeah. have thought of him and he blew me away and then on top it of was that so good for Hong Chow to come in and somehow be oh. the entire like backbone of the the film was just, it blew me away. I was completely I, just like, she is. She was everything. Incredible. It was so Both good. Both she
0: and Samantha Morton this year have had two, yes. per- well, I guess last year, oh, two performances yeah. that I'm just like, what, mm. what? What Use them more.
2: Like, yeah, what yes. the hell? Please. You know, what and you're doing, they're you're casting not them in work, everything. Like, yeah, like, these are. And just, like, Samantha Morton was like, in hardly any of that film, but like, if she got an acting nom, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, you know, so comes she comes in and just what? steals things. She, she still she said
0: stole she's like she has the best she has the best scene in She said in a film full of like oh. female performances, you know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She
1: did uh, two two Viola Davis's this year where <laughs> like doubt where yeah. she came in and just yeah. like I'm yeah, gonna yeah. be in this for six exactly. minutes. <laughs> and I'm remember, you're gonna remember. You know, <laughs> <laughs> truly
2: Hong Ziao but, and just but, like, Hong <laughs> Chao.
1: I know we all like everything am worshiping at the altar of Hong Chao, but like I was talking to my sister about this, who like I took to see this because I wanted to make her watch it. And she was watched The Menu finally the other day because on HBO and she mm. didn't get out to the theater for it. And she, like, we were talking about it and she didn't know it was the same person. And this is a mm. woman who was like, yeah, she has a little different look going on and different, but but like not, no makeup, prosthetic, anything that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's like literally not the same face. Hat, same.
0: Like, yeah.
1: And she's like, oh, that was the same, you know, the same woman. And it's like, yeah, that just is like shows you her power because she's yeah. morphing mm-hmm. without actually having to do anything to her. She's just morphing.
0: Yeah. It's very subtle. Oh, she's so good in both <laughs> i will say the most positive thing out of this movie is that it finally forced me to re-watch the mummy <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, and the mummy returns i
0: hope oh i didn't know i didn't make it to the mummy returns um oh, it I is was very hard better. to get a hold of those movies by the way they are like not anywhere oh, i mean really? they are but you'd have to pay money and you refused it so i literally I was waited own them, but i was well, I waited until it was on, like, TBS or TNT or one of those networks and, like, mm. recorded it on the DVR and so I could watch it without <laughs> commercials. <laughs> but because, you know, the internet's constantly joking about, not joking, but they're you know, like, oh, you know, if you if you grew up with a mummy, like, congrats you're by now or whatever it is, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, it's it was part of our sexual internet jokes. It it, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was finally like, you know what? I need, I, I that movie scared the shit out of me. As yeah. you can imagine, when I watched it, I think I even watched the second one. I was like, why did I do this to myself? Like, I hate this yeah. <laughs> so much. I hate the bugs. I hate the crawling on the. But yeah, I rewatched The Mummy as a byproduct of the whale. So congrats, Darren Aronofsky. I'll give you that yeah. one. <laughs> and, and,
1: you know, and thank you, Darren Arv, right? Like, I, at that point. <laughs> thank
0: you for, wonderful, well, wonderful I will say time. thank you for putting Brendan Fraser back on the map because yes, uh, he does uh, seem uh, like uh, a lovely yeah. human being and like deserving of more he opportunities. Does, yeah.
1: yeah. And I will say, like, uh, you know, the Rock CGI Scorpion King thing at the end is a little too much, but The Mummy Returns I like even better than The Mummy, I will say, which is very rare for a Well, sequel. I'll have to
0: watch it because also, you so know you The Rock it. was really the, was the gonna, entry point yeah. for that that you should have <laughs> played like,
1: with. Scorpion King, you know, hello, that's, that would be yeah. your film.
0: Hello. <laughs>
1: tell me why you convinced yourself to watch it back then, <laughs> even though the first one scared you. Back. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to think, like, did I you even watch, I, I don't know why I would have thought, like, you know what, this seems like a me-friendly movie. <laughs> The
1: rock. like
0: this is gonna hot ha- <laughs> no this is the first one i mean like this is oh, just- oh, oh, gonna oh. haunt my dreams like- yeah. <laughs> well you saw different. a
1: lot you saw like a lot of hot stuff going on you were just like i i'm gonna have to watch that
0: i, g- I guess the yeah, trailer must I have just it. been like I-, I gotta re-watch the trailer and see how spicy it was that i was just like
1: but yeah no he's he's wonderful and like he got he he seemed to get like a little pretty pigeonholed in that kind of like you know Then he was george of the jungle and bedazzled and all this stuff right like he's just yeah. like playing the kind of like
0: maybe i read your phase. that's maybe what it was yeah that's
1: probably what it was but he was just like you know he was like like the hunky funny guy who was good at action adventure also that kind of thing but then you know so he he never really at least that i can recall never really did anything that i was like thinking on this kind of level where you're like oh there's those acting chops though like he was great always in what he was doing but it was very type (laughs) you know so i just i never would have thought of it for this but yeah it it worked really well. I hear the I hear the criticisms though in that in that way. It's sensitive, you know, so I get that. But he was just so good.
0: I think I'm the only one who watched it, but Doom Patrol mm-hmm. he was in. And I, I stopped watching the show eventually, but it just kind of fell off my radar. But uh he he I think he's in part of the first episode, and then he basically like plays a voice and he's so good in that. I think it speaks to his acting abilities, where it's just like, yeah, you're emoting as basically just a voice performance mm-hmm. yeah there there a physical, there's a physical there's a physical component to it yeah but uh yeah yeah, yeah. brandon fraser have it a moment
1: yeah i'm happy about it yeah no, i'm I'm happy about we that part
0: yeah. yeah but also Hong.
1: but out. yeah yeah but yeah just, right. uh, you know we can this, agree this to disagree
2: me,
1: <laughs> yeah it kind of it just kind of felt like aronofsky was was back for me a little bit yeah, see, I don't like Aronofsky, so it's... <laughs> yeah, see I'm liking for me? Yeah, like I've same. Liked, I was I've just liked like, this oh, cup. this is such
2: a return to form for me, because I haven't liked the last couple as much as Matt has. So it's been hard for me, even though some Aronofsky does have some of my favorite films. I mean, The Fountain will always be
1: see I... one of,
2: if not my favorite film.
1: Weirdly, I think my
2: favorite of his is The Wrestler.
1: Yeah, see, and this... this what's funny about that, we said that, Dana, is like, this. Called back most to the wrestler for me. It was like the wrestler mixed with like Steve McQueen's shame, I, you know, like in tone Yeah, shame is incredible, McQueen, but yeah. in tone and kind of like you know the shame, I guess, that the main character is feeling over just who he is.
0: You know? Yeah, um, I I feel like I do, I'm not familiar enough with like I don't I don't think I've rewatched a single Iron. <laughs> yeah. I'm also not somebody oh, who's yeah. like super prone to rewatch things, but sure. you know, I think Black Swan is probably the one that like sticks in my brain the most, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think I finished Mother because I was just like, no. Yeah, mother's <laughs> his
1: mother. I think is his toughest. It's his toughest film to, toughest film to get dimmerish. through for sure. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. tough. And but... and and Noah was you know was what it was. I liked it fine. But it was I'm just
0: now weirdly kind of morbidly where... curious about Noah because everybody is talking about it. In uh, oh, are they? You know... Well, not everybody, but I feel like this conversation yeah. around it. And then uh, I feel like it is also brought up a lot when um, you know people are talking about things like Rings of Power, where they're like. Mm-hmm you know why are you not casting people of color and blah 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 it's you know it's like the yeah fictional events and whitewashing and all that stuff and i think Mm -hmm. noah is like often what he said about noah is yeah uh, you know
1: no absolutely true and it's like but it's kind of one of those things where he he hit his like peak with black swan to the world like that was his most palatable like holy crap this guy's amazing like you know like this film's amazing anyway and so yay and then noah he had like a budget and so yeah we kind of see what happens when when the indie filmmaker gets that budget and then you're kind of like oh maybe we don't need to give you that budget because maybe you're better when you have to be imaginative
0: yeah well no yeah I think constraints are like a really valuable yeah tool
1: and so (laughs) Noah's kind of that experiment I think that came from Black Swan but yeah I mean you know I don't love them all but I've I've liked his trajectory fine but this felt like a nice like oh wow like back to the roots the bare bones kind of like i'm just gonna tell you a really personal gritty story that's about people and it's you're gonna yeah. dig it or you're not you know
0: yeah you, that's very correct you're gonna <laughs> dig it or you're not yeah. and i love that <laughs> all right well the other film we watched this week that i truly do not have a read on whether or not you two would have liked is the pale blue eye so i'll go with jackie first how did you yeah i was to? actually
1: curious because jackie are you my I, I was gonna text you i forgot to ask you about this today because I was, i watched it very recently but are you my friend who's not that big of a fan of Edgar Allan Poe? Like you don't like the Raven?
2: Or no. Is someone else? That's
1: not me. Okay. It's, it's got to be someone else. else. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I know someone who like thinks Edgar Allan Poe wasn't not a good writer. But anyway. oh. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Me. I was like, sure. okay, good. No. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, that's um, good. I was like, I didn't think so, but
2: I am a little mixed only because I really don't like Christian Bale very much, and I just thought he. I just always think he's so fucking obnoxious. Like I just. But I thought the guy who played Edgar um, did a really good job. You mean um,
1: Dudley, Dudley Dursley?
2: Dursley? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Why do I keep forgetting it was Dudley Dursley? It's Honestly, that's thing. so weird. Of all the people to come
0: out of the Harry Potter franchise, to have it be Dudley Dursley, who's in, been in, like, the most prestige projects, you know? is uh, uh, such an unexpected move. <laughs> like, it truly would have thought. is. It truly, truly is. But, uh, okay, so did you like it at the end, by the end?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, watchable enough. I'm not, like, obsessed with it or anything, but... Yeah. Okay. Matt?
1: I didn't. I was, I was, uh, I, I wanted to. <laughs> and I I was okay with, like, tonally, I was, like, into enough of it. I like, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was shot nicely, acted well. But it was so dry. And then... It took so long for me to really start caring about anything because it it just, you know, I get it. It wants to set up the mystery. And be, you know, like, oh, this is everything. But yeah. it was like, it was taking, like, we were like a half hour in and I, like, didn't know so these long. people. So long. It was like, yeah. why aren't you telling me anything about anyone in the movie? You're just, like, <laughs> showing me these little investigations and stuff. And I was like, okay. Then we got there and then it was like, this is pretty much exactly Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. And I was like, by the time we were, like, talking to Jillian Anderson, I was like, she is giving major, like, Van Tassel, like, I was, like, if she is orchestrating this whole thing, and then they start talking about, like, packs with Satan and all this, whatever, and I was, like, if she is orchestrating this whole thing, <laughs> I'd be so upset, and then it was more of a family affair, right, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, and even Leah, it was, like, they were saying things to her, and, oh, are you, are you talking, communicating with dead people, whoa, whoa, whoa. and it's, like, very Katrina Van Tassel, and I was, like, okay, this is too much, and then it was, like, but, you know, even though it's a family affair at that point, it was very much, okay, this is. Still Sleepy Hollow. And then it's like, wait, but let's make sure it's not. And so then they give us <laughs> this, this ridiculous twist that is so unnecessary. And I, I hated it. And so, yeah, I was really not happy. Okay,
0: so him. you did not like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I ironically, I'm glad I brought up the mummy earlier. So I, <laughs> I felt like I wanted this, I didn't know anything about it going in. And I, I found out later that it was based on a novel. And I, I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize Edgar Allan Poe was a character in this. I wanted it to be supernatural camp or I wanted it to be more of like a straight up, more logical, less satanic mystery thriller. But the Mm. fact that it was trying to walk this like line in between, I just found uh, compromised the whole thing. I was bored. I was so bored by it because I was just like, you know, you have this basically like a Benoit Blanc-esque character, having just watched Glass Onion like around the time that I watched this, that they don't Like you said, they don't give us a lot of details on it. I was like, why would he know these things? Like, how would he have these training? Like, what? Okay, cool. Is like, you know, wife or not. Yeah, his wife left. I don't don't, know. They just give us like weird tidbits that don't explain to me how this man would know these things and know more than like the doctor who does the autopsy. And then suddenly they introduce you know, the occult and Robert Duvall in the most bizarre stunt casting ever. I was like, who did he owe a favor is my question. You know, and then like the, but then it wasn't ghosts or it wasn't, you know, whatever it was. So I was like, I, what, what's the point of this?
1: <laughs> well, it was like the whole thing was, the whole film was just about Christian Bale's character just looking for an alibi to pretend he didn't murder people. And he just magically stumbled across this satanic cult family who was targeting yeah. the yeah. guy he randomly decided to hire to help. Like, yeah. it yeah. just was, it, it was, was too so, convenient like, let's and just like, make this yeah. convenient real quick because we don't yeah. want it to be Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Right? and I was like well and also they're like how do
0: we explain the two of them uh, you know how do we put these two characters in each other's paths in the weirdest way possible
1: well yeah and then Edgar Allan Poe like figuring it out at the end that like what happened and all but it was just like how would he piece any of this together it just was so like too much and I also I don't know I also might be too close to I like Edgar Allan Poe a lot and I like have researched things for research papers about him in school back in the day. But we were like, he's like a distant cousin, apparently, of the family. Like, oh,
0: okay. Mom. So, like,
1: <laughs> we, I was as a kid, we were like, I got it, I liked him. And then I, yeah. So I did reports on him. So I might know too much about his life, but I often don't like when you take a real historical figure like that and then like put them in a totally fictional story. You know? Well, like, that's I was like, if you going were,
0: into it, I was like, yeah, it's silly. Is this, and again, I'm not. I don't, I think Poe is a good writer. I'm just not familiar with a lot of his work. Like I don't, it's not my genre. And so I was just like, is this based on one of his stories? Like, is this an, like, are they alluding to one of the things that he, like what, and and, you know, I know they eventually brought it around with the like, I know I could, I just, I was like, this is so paper thin.
1: (laughs) Well, and the, and the, the weird thing is, is Poe is, is largely credited with like writing the first, true detective story like that we know of an author having done murders in the room room org, you know like and it's like so that's like a short story he wrote but it's been a film and stuff with bella lugosi and things like that back in the day but so i felt like they were like trying to let's let's have him be in it and like pretend like maybe this is where he got the inspiration to write that story or something yeah Hmm. that's
2: what they were trying to do i think
1: but it didn't it didn't feel it that only feels obvious to me if you know that tidbit of information you know what I'm saying? Like it didn't yes. feel like that was yeah, like yeah, because I like, sure
0: didn't know that.
1: <laughs> but it didn't feel like they were successful in doing it. And 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 in that also, I I feel like the twist with Christian Bale was just to make sure we this ends up being Edgar Allan Poe's film, like that character, because otherwise right. it wasn't his movie mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so it had to be okay. So I toward halfway toward the end, I like I actually predicted Christian Bale was bad in some way because I was just like, well. This, they're shaping this to be a thing where Edgar Allan Poe is going to come out of this and write mm-hmm. you know, detective stories. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I was yeah. just like, this is just, this just feels so formulaic and cookie cutter trying to piece things together.
0: I didn't clock that, but I also don't think I was paying as close of attention because at that point I was just like, Meh. but also it's, it's it's one of those, because we did talk about a Who Done It recently, you know, I, I didn't feel like the clues that Christian Bale, that, that it was going to be Christian Bale until the very end like, were fair to like us as an audience to be like ah no. it's definitely christian bale definitely did this oh, like, like, yeah they, yeah, didn't they did the project. thing at the end where it's like here's the mystery magical reveal i was like no okay
1: i only thought about it because of what i just said like but if i didn't yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean but if i didn't it's like if i didn't know right if i didn't theorize they're trying to do a little prequel to to egg and Poe's writing those kinds of stories i wouldn't have ever ever thought about it because it wasn't apparent at all that you would even why because it's too think... convenient otherwise right like it's too convenient of yeah. a plot for that to be the thing
0: <laughs> i could not figure out what the accents were doing in this you know i was like and again i actually thought harry melling did a decent job but i was like oh, we're colonel sanders you know i don't know if christian bale i don't know what christian bale's accent was supposed to be i feel like it like slipped in and out and he's usually pretty like consistent and then that? julian anderson was uh I, it was just it was all over the place and i was just, robert duvall again robert duvall i'm just mind boggled by the presence of robert duvall as an occult expert
1: (laughs) i know and i love jillian and i was like and i but i was just like "Hmm."
0: (laughs) i also almost didn't (laughs) recognize charlotte gainsborough like i was like oh yeah that's also a real actress what is happening here but yeah i i knew nothing going in except for you know that could convince christian bale to be in a netflix movie and so i was like okay you know let's see yeah, what I think the director, here well
1: because because i think that's what happened my sister was like she's like i don't know how they convinced everyone to do this and i was like well i think christian bale worked with the director before i'm pretty sure i can't remember what the movie mm, was that would do it i can't I could be wrong but i think he did um, and i'm sure he probably signed on and then like you know when everyone else got approached like oh well, christian bale's attached and it's little, you know like think hostiles question mark yeah hostiles yeah yeah um, and so I mean, I'm just making up a theory, but I just felt like that. Oh, yeah. No, no, as, no. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I have not read the book. Maybe it's better. I'm glad I, have, I haven't I have read the book because I don't think I would have been able to watch this if I did. But... No, I
0: absolutely not. Oh, yeah, interesting. The person started as an actor. Uh, Scott Cooper is the director. Mm-hmm. And he directed Crazy Heart. Oh, huh? yeah. With, with uh, Jeff, Ridges, Jeff Bridges, right? which I thought was yeah. pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And his performance in that was great. No yeah, how strange you
0: know? <laughs> yeah and then out of the furnace which i never heard of mm-hmm, saw etc
1: oh listen Christian it's Dale like well. it's not a badly made film it's just to me the story no, it's just is a just, just, like, i mean i think it could be better that... made but it wasn't like yeah. bad so it's like the director like no shade to you it's just yeah it was he did was antlers the... yeah. yeah and I re- yeah i was gonna say that was his mm-hmm. last movie right
0: I think so yeah I I was like that's definitely not one I would have seen but
1: no yeah no never you would (laughs) yeah not had decent moments in it but it was it wasn't anything amazing yeah
2: Yeah, I think it's
0: I'm glad I didn't have any expectations going into it because I think I would have liked it even less and I I think the only thing that amused me was the absurdity of the twists and turns where I was like and not in the ways Mm -hmm. that they wanted them to be amusing to me but Mm -hmm. yeah you know
1: well, and House it was like, boiling.
0: it was I'm like, I wouldn't recommend it at this point, but yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> like... Well, well as I was just saying with, with the way you were wanting this or that from it to be, just take a direction rather than dancing on the line. It also was like so dramatic without being like the level of melodrama I'd prefer if I'm going to be able to sit here and just like, it was just kind yes. of like
0: exactly dark it, and dramatic, it, it just... but
1: not like exciting dramatic. It was just kind of yeah. like dry. It was just dry. I don't know. It
0: also visually boring. Like, Pretty, even but some not of...
1: offering anything interesting.
0: Right, but even some of the scenes that are supposed to be more dramatic and more whatever, I just felt they fell flat. Like they Again, yeah. I was like, they're not poorly
2: produced, but it's just yeah.
1: dull. It's not doing like, anything that's, like, interesting.
2: Yeah. I feel like it's, that. like, the problem with most Netflix films lately is just, like, they just lack this integral heart that is just, like... Well,
0: I feel, I mean, at this point in time, I'm like, maybe it's not just Netflix films, because I, just to, like, my, just to my critics voting, I'm like, you're all wrong. You're all wrong about everything. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, um, but it, yeah,
1: it's, it, yeah, it, it's wider than just Netflix, but I think the Netflix point is kind of like also a lot of what ends up going to streaming when they're acquired like this are things that like theatrical wasn't super, super like sought after because <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like, you know, like and then the streaming, like, oh, well, well, it's a real movie. We'll take it. But, you know, it, yeah. it, it seems to be a trend.
0: All right. Well, we're watching what? What else have we been watching this week?
1: Also on Netflix, I watched Matilda.
0: Oh, I've actually heard I good things. Was, mm-hmm.
1: I thought it was fun. It's yeah. you know, it's got it's very hokey and stuff, but it has a point of view and it does have a heart. And it's it's the set pieces are cool. The talent, the kids are dancing like maniacs. I don't know. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I had fun with it. I liked it. Yeah, I'm still on my below deck thing. I'm on my yes. last like couple seasons, and now I'm on uh, the sailing yacht or something. But I've watched yeah. all the different ones no. yeah when you get
0: really desperate you'll hit below deck adventure which is brand new it's like yeah in the
2: nordic no i did i watched is... those already oh you I already watched and it, and it was like short and okay. then um because it's like going on now and then i went to yacht because i don't or the sailing version mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i already did australia and mediterranean mm. regular
1: so. yeah
0: good news there's a new episode tonight when we're recording at least <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, I also did the first episode of the Mayfair Witches.
0: Oh, Witch. is that out? Oh, is that today? Yeah. Is it stars? No, it
1: was like last week. Yeah. It's um AMC plus. Same as the vampire oh. the vampire.
0: Well <laughs> okay, I haven't but done that.
1: Interview with the vampire I did not like. This I was surprised I, I liked it better so far, hmm. but I don't know. I, I was like I enjoyed it enough, but I don't know. I really, really like this book and these books that maybe will continue if it goes seasons long. Yeah. But Yes, it's hard to say. But I was like, okay, I was kind of pleasantly surprised that I went over like dirt-level expectation.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I will tell you what I've not watched yet, Drag Race. And and not because I don't want to. It's just I have
2: not had time to watch Drag Race, and I want to pay attention to it. I haven't either, it. actually, because... I heard it's long. Well, I want to watch it, I'm, but I don't want to have to pay for live TV every time fucking Drag Race is on, but it's the only way to watch it. Mm. And then, so I might just buy a season pass through apple but then they don't post them until the next day so i wouldn't be able to see it till saturday oh which irritates me so maybe i have to pay for it. so then i get stuck in this loop where i'm like well maybe i should pay for live tv but i don't really like to because it ruins everything else because all of a sudden some of my shows have ads when they didn't used to mm. i know yeah. yeah it's lightning and it's freaking out the cats but is
0: that what that fly oh my god like my windows are closed, like or not, my my curtains are drawn. So I was like, "What? Why is there like flickers of light happening?" Yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I did. I did watch Drag Race. What's funny is my my friend had asked if I wanted to go uh, have a happy hour and a pizza. So I was at Rocco's and WeHo with her, oh. and I didn't know it was even airing. I didn't even know it was like a new season was coming,
0: uh-huh. and
1: it, they all of West Hollywood like shows it. I've never <laughs> been down that but so, yeah, was it was like, fun because yeah, it was like, you know, people were just like cheering and there's some like local queens and stuff, you know, so people like mm-hmm. cheering and stuff. And then my really good friend or a colleague of a really good, or a friend that I used to work with, <laughs> He now he works and he edits on it and he was out there and so I got to see him which is kind of fun but I um, didn't know I was like he's like oh thanks for coming out and support I was like oh sure you're like yeah you <laughs> I, got I, it wasn't my plan wouldn't miss it um, for the world <laughs> which was you know it was cool but it was funny it was just like oh, okay I guess this is the thing that happens and I was like, oh, okay, I that I was like oh, that's fun yeah party you know
0: yeah no I need to catch up on that I I also need to catch up on Singles Inferno which I love that uh, I've talked about as it. the Korean dating show that's like so. Yeah, wholesome ish yeah. <laughs> but they're all very hot Is yeah anyway yeah yeah all right well an odd week january is always an odd month i kind of mm-hmm. I, I am trying to decide if i'm gonna see megan and oh,
1: I watched if, megan. If, if i can <laughs> I handle
0: megan. <laughs> if i can handle seeing megan i think is that well actually matt can i handle seeing megan you would you know the answer to this question then
1: i would think yeah but i yeah. i don't know cause sometimes. I don't know like there's a few little jump scares but it, i didn't i thought i didn't think it was scary at all but i you know
0: yeah well I, we have different definitions it,
1: of scares, yeah that's so. what i mean like, can you handle something like child's play i mean it's pg-13 no so of course not, like, not. of course i haven't
0: seen child's play <laughs> well then probably not it's kind yeah, of okay. like
1: that you know? <laughs> I know
0: i find i find the, the design of chucky more upsetting than i find the design of megan for some reason oh interesting yeah also i feel like <laughs> chucky's like weirdly
1: perverse
0: I don't know mm-hmm. if Megan is or no but I I always found like it extra off-putting.
1: <laughs> yeah, she I found her off-putting but in the ways that they want. You no, no, to. I found Chucky. But, yeah.
0: I find Chucky like particularly off-putting. Oh no, I know, but I, I was like yeah. Megan
1: I found very off-putting in ways that I think they want you to find her but I just um but mostly I thought it was funny, but it was yeah. also like just kind of like melting away just like what is happening? Like what am I watching? And <laughs> why? <laughs> that's well, then, yes that's why i want to yeah. watch it that's why you know <laughs> yeah. i'm
0: like mm, is this a mummy is this my mummy for the next 20 years why? all right you
1: know yeah the, yeah. the, one, the, one, the one one pseudo the the one thing i do the
0: one yeah yeah
1: yeah i like how i totally blanked that out until you just said it yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll continue watching things thank you both thank you thank you as per usual to jackie and matt and now a follow-up point, I don't know if it's going to be quick, actually, because I certainly went down a rabbit hole around it, and it has to do with Darren Aronofsky and the NOAA screenwriter Ari Handel and their position on diversity and inclusion and the casting of Noah, which is somewhat of a tangent off of The Whale, but I think it's important to address because it speaks to a lot of the issues that we talk about constantly in terms of you know representation and inclusion in film. So Ari Handel, the screenwriter, said, As a mythical story, the race of the individuals doesn't matter. And then he, the full context of a quote is, I'd actually like to respond to that because the comments I made, people took offense at, and I felt badly about that because... I felt things that I had said had been interpreted ways I didn't intend. The truth is, we thought about the question of diversity of humans in the film from the very beginning, even from when we were starting to write it, even before we started writing it. And there were times along the way when we almost abandoned the project because we weren't sure how to solve the problem. And the problem really comes down to this for us. You know, this is the story. The story of Noah is... In this story, God, the highest moral authority of all, says very clearly that one family is good and deserves to be saved, and everybody else on the planet is wicked and deserves to die. So those are really high moral stakes. And what was clear to us and essential was that we could not, no matter what, show racial differences between who lived and who died, or we'd be making a terrible, terrible statement. But the problem is there's eight people on the boat, they're in one family, and they're almost all of them from the same blood, you know, related by blood. So there's no way to even come close to showing the full diversity of human beings on the planet amongst the survivors. So actually what we did is we went the other way, and we looked to make a cast both on the boat and off the boat who had as little difference as possible. And I want to be clear that there's no reason the cast had to be Caucasian. We could have cast any Noah and built the world around him. In the end, as you know, we cast Russell Crowe, who is a tremendous actor and was a great fulfillment of Noah, and the rest of the casting followed from there. And then Darren Aronofsky followed with... You get into, I think Ari said it perfectly, becomes an issue because once again, it's about, you know, is it historical or is it mythical? For us, I think the way we got out of it was saying there's no solution to it. And as Ari said, we nearly abandoned the project several times because we knew it would be an issue. But it just came down to, we felt that it was something I was very passionate about since I was a teenager telling this story, and it was, something good would come out of it. So basically, they're saying that white people should stand in for good and, uh, you know, effectively whitewash all of history, whether or not it's mythical or supposed to be based in history. So then Ari Handel went on to talk about (laughs) why there was plenty of diversity with the animals, but none when it came to the people. And I want to credit journalist Christine A. Scheller, who, who did this interview with him, and he said... From the beginning, we were concerned about casting the issue of race. What we realized is that the story is functioning at the level of myth. And as a mythical story, the race of individuals doesn't matter. They're supposed to be stand-ins for all people. You either end up with a Benetton ad or the crew of the Starship Enterprise. You either try to put everything in there, which just calls attention to it, or you say, let's make that not a factor because we're trying to deal with every man." Look at this story through that kind of lens. Is the same as saying, would the Ark float? And is it big enough to get all the species in there? That's irrelevant to the questions because the questions are operating on a whole different plane than that. They're operating on a mythical plane. So the whole point to me, though, is that you've just said it doesn't matter you know, they're, they're representative of every man and it's a mythical story. So what is to say that this family cannot be of the same blood and look different? Plenty of films do this all the time. And I think it just comes down to a race bias of the filmmakers being like, it's just easier to have white people represent everybody and not realizing what impact that has on everybody else and how that makes us feel not represented. And I know it's a mythical story. I am not someone who comes from the school of the Bible is real, but representation on screen is real. And so if it doesn't matter and it's mythical, why are you choosing to still perpetuate white only castes? That's my biggest question with this type of thing. Obviously, this film is several years old at this point and, you know, didn't do particularly well on its own. That's a separate point. But I think it goes back to, you know, the choices that some of these filmmakers are making in terms of their casting and not trying to push the boundaries. And like we were saying with Brendan Fraser, there's nothing to stop you from casting a really good actor in a role that fits really well for them. But there's just a laziness when it comes to trying to expand beyond the scope of what you know and what you're comfortable with and what, you know, you are representative of because you have been in the majority. majority and you have never felt that marginalization of not feeling represented on screen. Okay, that's the soapbox for the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star rating or a review or even consider subscribing.